we've been talking about storms here. That seems to be kind of like the, the theme of what's been going on. And I know we certainly in our nation experienced some storms in this time of the year that we are living. There's always some storms that take place. It seems like severe storms take place in the, in the spring and the summer. You got tornadoes and hurricanes and lightning strikes and floods. And oh my goodness, every time it seems like you open up the newspaper or read something online, it's right there with storms. And whether it be wind or hail or rain or, or snow, depending on what time of year that, that it is, it causes flooding, it, it causes avalanches and damage to structures, devastation to communities. Unfortunately, it even causes deaths to people. Uh, but as we look at these storms, I, I, want, to rem, I want to compare them or, or contrast them or see how the Lord parallels with the physical storms that we see and that we read about in other parts of the world, in our, in our country, and in our, in our community, with the spiritual storms that we face as well. And, and, and it's true, we all either have gone through a storm, we're either going through a storm now, or we will go through a storm. There's always going to be some tests, some things that, that uh, the Lord's going to make sure that, that we experience because it's in those times that we experience God's faithfulness and His goodness and our growth in Him. But today, I really, want, I really want us to focus on three things. And I really feel like the Lord would have us, as I was praying about it this week, say, Lord, what, again, do you want? Uh, do you know who's going to be here? What do you want shared on Sunday? And he, he took a while to finally lay it on me. And finally, uh, it was Thursday morning. And I said, all right, Lord, this is it. The rubber meets the road. I've been asking. There's a lot of different thoughts and ideas that were coming into my mind. But I just never quite felt like that that's what the Lord would have until Thursday morning. And that's when... Um, when the Lord just dropped this in my heart and said, this is what I want you to talk about. And the title of this message this morning is Storms and What's on the Other Side. Storms and What's on the Other Side. And it's a very familiar passage uh, that we're going to read today out of Luke chapter 8. I believe the Lord wants to tell us that he's in the storms, number one. Number two, that there's a reason for the storms, and number three, that there's something good on the other side of these storms. Those are the three things that I want us to look at this morning. A very familiar passage uh, that for, for most of us, if we were raised in church and, and went to Sunday school and children's church, we've heard this story before. We saw even the felt uh, pictures on the, on the board about this, you know, in Sunday school classes. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 22, it begins this way. It says, One day Jesus said to his disciples... Let's let us go over to the other side of the lake. Keep that in mind. He said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out. And as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke Jesus saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. And then he turned to them and said, where's your faith? In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Again, this is a very familiar story that Jesus invites his disciples to simply get on a boat one day and to go to the other side of the lake. Seems like a simple, simple story, doesn't it? If you take this phrase, other side, though, and in the literal sense of, if you go to 
what it originally meant. Jesus used the word that means to pierce. So this was not a casual boat ride. It was almost like Jesus was saying, hey guys, we're going to get in this boat together. And it may look calm now, but before it's over, there's going to be something we're going to face that we will have to pierce through. So jump in and be prepared and let's go. Now I can just imagine the disciples looked around at the fair weather and said, you know, everything looks pretty good. The sky's clear. Everything seemed calmed enough, calm enough. And they probably said something like, I'm sure what he meant by piercing through, I have no idea, but I guess he was thinking of maybe something spiritual because after all, he is God's son and, you know, he's a spiritual, he, he talks in parables and sometimes we just don't understand what he's meaning by that. So anyway, let's jump on the boat. So off they sailed and Jesus promptly fell asleep while his men rode the boat and caught the wind. And then sure enough, we know the stories, we read it. This storm came up and the wind began to pick up and the skies turned dark and the fury of the storm was unleashed on the boat and, and, and the boat began to take on water and things were looking very bleak very quickly. At the, as the disciples panicked, they, they turned and shook Jesus awake and they cried out that they were all getting ready to die. So here's the question that we asked about this. How, how in the world could Jesus be asleep at a time like that, right? In fact, let's make it personal to us. Do you ever feel like that at times that Jesus is asleep in the middle of your storm? Do you feel like that he's left it up to you to figure out how to maneuver out of this tough spot that you find yourself while he looks the other way or just snoozes through it? How could Jesus seem so uncaring, we ask? How could he seem so indifferent to our life and death plight? As we're going through it, where is Jesus? He's sleeping again. <laughs> you know? But let's wait. Let, wait let's, let's, let's go back. Let, let's wait just a minute here because I want us to look at verse 22 again. And I emphasized this a couple of minutes ago, but I'm going to emphasize it again because he said in verse 22, let us. Say that with me. Us. Say it again. Us. It says let's, but it's let us. That means all of us. Let's. Let us cross over. He said, let us pierce through to the other side. Let us together go. Jesus didn't get up and join in the panic, did he? He didn't frantically run around that boat saying, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because he had already spoken his word over the situation even before they got on the boat. Jesus, remember last week? What is one of the weapons that God has given us? Different battle, different storm, same weapons. The name of Jesus, amen? Is the name above all names. It's the name at which every knee will bow and tongue confess. It's the name at which storms must cease. He didn't say, I'm going to the other side. He said, let us cross over. We may be facing new storms. We may be facing new battles today. It's different than five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago in our life. We may be facing new issues today in our lives, but the weapons are still the same. I want to remind you again of the mighty name of Jesus. 
Speak the mighty name of Jesus into your storms. Speak the mighty name of Jesus over your storms because there's all authority in the name of Jesus. Say that with me. There's all authority in the name of Jesus. Say it again. There's all authority in the name of Jesus. There's all power in His name. The winds and the waves, the onslaught of the enemy, all the forces of hell itself are no match for the singular and all-powerful name of Jesus. And be assured that in the midst of your storms, Jesus is not only there with you, he's with you, but he's already prophesied, he's already declared, he's already spoken it out on the front side of your storm before it ever began that you will make it through. You might be right in the middle of a storm, Jesus is with you, but he's already said, let us pierce through. Let us together do this. Jesus is saying to you, he say, as he said to his disciples back then, together, you and me, we're going to pierce through the upcoming and inevitable storms that you are going to face. I'm saying it on the front side of them, ahead of the challenges that you're going to face, that I'm with you and you have nothing to fear. Isn't that good to know? Jesus is with us in our storms. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, be strong and courageous. This is speaking to you. This is speaking to me today. Be strong and courageous. I'll say it again. Be strong and courageous. And then he continues by saying, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified because of, the, the, of, of them. In other words, don't be afraid of the storms. Don't be afraid of the attack of the enemy. For the Lord your God goes with you. And he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. You know, Jesus could have said, you get into the boat and cross over. I'm going to teleport myself to the other side because there's a storm of brewing and I want no part of it. Good luck now. See you hopefully on the other side. And sometimes I think we think God does that. But Jesus, no, he's, that's, not the, that's not his way. He's with us. And he's helping us to pierce through those storms. I'm so thankful that Jesus is with us in the boat of our lives in every storm. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, by some count, there are 365 times in God's word that the phrase either says, have no fear or don't be afraid or fear not. Something to speak to the fear that's inside of us and the, and the assurance that, 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 that the word of God says, don't do it. Don't be afraid. 365. Does that number sound familiar to you? How many days are there in the year? Exactly. And there's, there, actually, there's more than 365 because God allows for leap years, you know. That one leap year, boy, you might as well just be scared to death that one day, right? No, that's not it. <laughs> He's with them. He says, don't be afraid. He gives us some bonuses because there's really over 500 of them. Jesus knows. The reason that he says that roughly that or more is he knows that how much we fear. He knows how much anxiety drives our daily lives, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. Fear is such a big deal in our lives. We all deal with fear. We are all facing storms, big and small, all, in, all at the same time. They could be physical, relational, financial, personal, national, international. The list goes on and on. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? We worry about things that have happened. We worry about things that are happening. And we worry about just things that maybe just might one happen, might, one day might happen. And really most of the time those rarely ever happen, by the way. But we're still going to worry about them because that's what you're supposed to do, right? 
Fear drives people to drinking. Fear drives people to drugs. It keeps people awake at night. It makes us freak out in the midst of our chaos, just like the disciples. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus is with us, helping us to pierce through. He's with us in our boat, in our storms. I'm so thankful that we can be reminded that so many scriptures, but let me just give you a couple of them. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So I will say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Because the Lord is my helper, I'm not going to be afraid. The Lord is my helper, so I won't be afraid. If the Lord wasn't my helper, I'm going to be afraid. But the Lord is my helper, so I'm not going to be afraid. Because the Lord is my helper. So I'm not going to be afraid. Because the Lord is my helper. He is my helper. I'm not going to be afraid. Aren't you thankful? That the Lord is my helper. Say that with me. The Lord is my helper. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. Do you believe that this morning? It's easy to say it sitting here in the midst of all of this beautiful worship, in the midst of the beautiful family of God. But when we're in the middle of the storm, are we saying the Lord is my helper? Or are we saying I'm going to drown? Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said himself. I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. I'm with you always, even in every storm. I'm with you always, no matter what you're going through. I'm there with you in your storm. In the middle of our storms, we have a choice. Every time to either look at the winds and the waves or to turn to Jesus. And really the disciples, they kind of did both. They were right in the middle of this severe storm and they felt certain that they were doomed they pretty much spoke out their fear and their future by saying what they said. We're going to drown. And then they put a little asterisk. Kind of, it implied next to it. Unless, of course, Jesus, you might possibly be able to look my way, care enough about me, and do something about this. But I'm going to drown. But Jesus, I just want you to know I'm going to drown. Unless you can do something. Can you do something? You know, I think we approach Jesus that way, don't we? I I'm doomed. I'm done. I'm done for Jesus. I'm, I'm done. This is it. I'm done. And we're really saying that because we're saying, I don't know what to do, but if you can somehow come through for me, if I can catch you in the right mood and get your attention, hey, wake up. I'm over here. Can't you see me? I mean, let's be honest. Don't we pretty much, don't we pretty much speak out doom over our lives as the primary predictable inevitable thing that's going to happen? I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my marriage. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my career. I'm going to lose my health. I'm going to lose my reputation and my life. I'm going to drown here. We go right to it, don't we? I think many times we, we bow our heads. We fold our hands. We bend our knee. And we pray this sort of prayer to God. Join me if you will. Gloom. Despair and agony on me. <laughs> Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I've had no luck at all. <laughs> Gloom, despair, and agony on me. We kind of do that, don't we? I'm going to drown here. Too often we cry out like the disciples and this storm is going to take me under. I just know it. But then we throw out this last minute sort of asterisk sort of addition to our certain cursed end. Maybe unless possibly, but God, if he's willing, if I can catch him in a good move, just wake him up, make him aware of this storm sort of prayer. And we, and we laugh at the disciples. We think, well, then disciples, they ought to know him. There's Jesus right there. He's the king of all kings, the Lord of our Lord. He created the wind and the waves and the boat and everything about it. And we look at it in 2020 saying, then disciples, boy, they didn't have much faith, but we're no better. 
We're no better. We think it's different for us today, but remember there's different battles with the same weapons. <laughs> Our storms are no different than any other time or really any other generation. And unfortunately, our responses to them tend to be in line with the disciples. We allow fear to rule our hearts and our minds. We speak the doom and the gloom and the inevitable destruction. But what if in the middle of our storms, what if we try a different approach? It's counterintuitive and it cuts against the grain of what we see, of what we feel and what we're thinking. It challenges every emotion and thought. It, challenge, uh, it challenges even what we would call the natural outcome that we can imagine. What if we implemented another weapon that I didn't even mention last week? Because last week was not an exhaustive list. But what if we implemented another weapon that God has given us to fight these battles? What if we applied faith? What's the name of this church? Hmm. What church do you go to? Well, where's your faith, right? That's what God is, that's what Jesus is saying. Where's your faith? See, there's a reason for our storms. There's always a reason. Jesus isn't just playing games with us. Okay, it's time for a storm because, you know, just because. He doesn't do that. He's very intentional in everything that he does. We, we, we read the rest of the story. As soon as Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he rebuked the raging waters. In other words, he took authority over the root cause of that conflict. And that's what Jesus does. But that's what Jesus does. We can't do it. I can't calm my storms. But Jesus can. Immediately we read that the wind ceased and the raging waters calmed. Now today I'm not denying that there's storms in our world. I'm not denying that there's storms in your life. There certainly is. There are raging violent waves that are buffeting the ships of our lives as we speak. And just like the violent waves would have, would have torn apart a wooden boat if it was allowed to continue. The raging waves of the storms in our lives' goal is to tear us apart as well, to destroy us. Satan's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. So some storms may come and go quickly with minimal damage, but others seem to be well organized and planned by the enemy, you know? And there's set targets and goals in mind. But Jesus had one question for the disciples, and he has that question for us today. He's asking all of us, where's your faith? Remember, different battles, different storms, same weapons. The faith that you placed in Jesus back then, you, think, you know the situation I'm talking about where Jesus saw you through. You remember that situation five years ago? You remember last week? You remember 20 years ago? You remember that situation that Jesus saw you through? You remember the difficult time, the storm that you were going through? You were in the battle. You were fighting for your life, and Jesus came through. You look back on it in hindsight 2020 and say, God is faithful. He saw me through. You remember that time? Do you remember that time? Where's your faith now, though? Because now it's a different battle, but it's the same. It's the same weapons. It's the same. We it's the same faith that you applied back then that you can apply now. He's given us faith. It's not faith that we need to muster up. It's even a gift from him. Jesus, I lack faith. Give it to me. He says, here you go. Now apply it to the situation that you're going through. Was Jesus faithful back in in your life? Was Jesus faithful back then in your life? Yes. Certainly he was. Did he see you through those storms back then? Yes. Did he see you through those storms back then? Are you here to testify to it today? If you're here to testify to God's faithfulness, let me hear you say, Amen. Amen. God is faithful. 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 
When we face our storms, we must be reminded of Jesus. We got to reflect back on his faithfulness in times past, in situations past, in storms past. Just like King David did. I, I want to read to you Psalm 103. He's just writing this letter. He's reflect. He's really just ministered. He said, I got to minister to my heart. I got to remind myself of God's faithfulness. Psalm 103 verses 1 through 5 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. He's telling his soul. It's not a suggestion. Praise the Lord. I'm demanding you, soul, to praise the Lord. I'm demanding you to reflect back on your praise and your worship and your attention and your, your, your passions back onto God who is faithful. Pray, I'm, I'm in a storm right now, but I'm going to praise the Lord, oh my soul. I'm going to bless Him at all times and His praise will continually be in my mouth. In this storm, I will praise Him. All my inmost beings will praise His holy name. And then he pivots. He says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And then he tells his soul this. Don't forget all of his benefits. Now, we like benefits, and I've preached on this before, but really what he's talking about is remember in the past the benefits of what he's done to see you through. Don't forget all of his benefits. Benefits, he forgave you of your sins in the past. Remember, he healed you of your diseases in the past. Remember how faithful he was? Remember how he redeemed your life from the pit? Remember that storm you were in, that deep pit that you were in? He redeemed you from that, and he crowned you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God is faithful. And sometimes we need to look back so that we can look at today and say, wait a minute, God doesn't change. And when he was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now in this current storm. I want to ask you something. Is that the Jesus that you're declaring over your life? The faithful Jesus? The one who always shows up? The one who's there in the midst of your storm? The one who is piercing through that storm with you? There's a reason for your storm today. It's so that your faith would, in, would, would increase. It's so that your faith would strengthen. It's so that you would place your faith more in Jesus and not the stuff that's out there in front of you. Not the stuff that's around you. Not the stuff, not your go-to stuff. So where's your weapon of faith today? Stop looking at the storms and start looking to Jesus. I'm here to declare into and over your life today. There's a reason for the storms that you face in your life. Jesus is faithful. He always has been. He always will be. And the reason for your storms, through these storms, your faith is going to grow. And Jesus is, beginna, is going to become so much more than just your ticket to eternal life. He's going to become so much more than just a now I lay me down to sleep sort of prayer relationship. He, he's, going to, he's going to be so much more than just a song of a person that we sing about on Sunday mornings who lived 2,000 years ago and turned the world upside down. It's not just someone you know about. He becomes personal to you. He becomes your best friend. He becomes your companion in life. He becomes that. He, he, becomes, he becomes your all in all. He, he becomes your personal savior. He becomes your constant companion. He becomes the air that you breathe. He becomes the life that you live. He becomes your reason for being. That's the reason for the storms. As you see Jesus through your storms, you'll say like the disciples did, Who is this? Who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters and they obey him. But oh, there's so much more than just winds and water that obey him. Every knee bows and tongue confesses in all of the universe to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Know this today. 
Know this today, listen to me. No gust of wind, no towering wave, no blinding rain, no storm of the century, no attack from the deepest pits of hell will ever be strong enough to, to keep you from going where Jesus intends for you to go because you are going to the other side. You're going to pierce through this storm and Jesus has something for you on the other side. Let's talk about that as we land this plane here this morning. There's something good on the other side for you. There's something good on the other side of this storm. You want to hear about it? The curious conclusion to this story, if you continue reading in Luke chapter 8, is that Jesus and his disciples, when the storm was calmed, they ended up going to the other side. They ended up piercing through the storm and ended up going through all of this, this, this near-death experience, at least in the disciples' minds, all to encounter one single solitary man. Just one man. He was naked. He lived among the tombs. He was demon-possessed. And he wasn't just demon-possessed by one demon. If you know the story, they called themselves legion. Now, what's a legion? Well, a Roman army legion unit consisted of between 3,000 and 6,000 soldiers. So imagine... This man, at the minimum, was possessed by 3,000 demons. And on top of that, he was a Gentile. He wasn't even part of God's chosen people. How did this man get into this awful situation? Only the Lord knows. And why was he worth Jesus traveling to the other side of the lake to encounter him? Because that's what Jesus does. So thankful that he came across the lake to meet with me one day. You know, we know what Jesus did. If you read the story, he cast the demons out. They ran into a herd of pigs and the herd of pigs went over into the water and drowned. The man was delivered. Jesus was sitting there with him and he came out of the tombs. He was fully clothed in his right mind. He was worshiping Jesus. He was reunited with his community. He was reunited with his family. And actually at the end of it, Jesus said, I want you to go and tell others how much God has done for you. It's a story of deliverance. It's a story of salvation. It's a story of redemption. It's just a wonderful story. But think about it again. Here's the disciples and Jesus going through this storm, piercing through this awful storm on this lake just so they can get a hold of one, one man in a really tough situation. Let's bring it to 2022. I haven't seen any naked demon-possessed men hanging around the local graveyards in our community, have you? Oh, you have? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but there, there are many who might as well be in the world today, in our community. We live in a much more nuanced age today. A little more respectable. People tend to cloak their struggles and their issues. They put on the happy face, the good face, the whatever. And, 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 and if they don't, and they still want to just live that life and do that thing, if it can't be delivered from them, then they will insist society embrace and normalize them. We're seeing that happen right in front of us. If we could lift the veil that cloaks many lives in our world today, we would see them in the same state as this man in Luke chapter 8. 
Satan has stripped them of their, uh, stripped them of their human decency. He, he's possessed them with uncontrollable vices. And he's isolated them from any possible rescue. And they're living among the dead. Their lives are hopeless and helpless and desperate. But then Jesus comes along and he changes everything. So let me point out a couple of things as to what's on the other side of these storms as we conclude here today. First, the storms that we face, the struggles that we endure, the challenges that we deal with, there's something good on the other side for you. Jesus sees what you're facing today. He sees exactly what you're going through because he's there with you, facing it with you. He's with you. He's stretching you today. And he's got something good for you on the other side. The storms you're facing right now means that you're getting closer to the reward that he has for you. The challenge that you're facing tells me that God is getting ready to set something loose in your life, something good. The enemy's goal is to get your eyes off of the reward on the other side, and he wants you to look at the storm, but your reward is waiting for you on the other side of your storm. Do you hear me this morning? Yes. But the reward is not just for you, but it's for others that are around you. And that's the second thing that I want us to understand here this morning is that there's something on the other side the disciples not only experienced this amazing miracle for themselves but they were able to pass it on again fast forward to where we are today there's not just something on this on the other side that god has for you but there's someone that god has for you to make a difference in their lives as you pierce through your storm there's somebody that needs to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ that is walking around naked right now. There's someone that needs to be delivered from the demonic and filled with Jesus that you know right now. That Jesus has an assignment for you. There's someone that needs to be restored back to their family today. There's someone who needs to be removed from the place where the dead reside and be brought back to the land of the living. And he wants to do it through you. There's someone who needs to discover and walk out their destiny in Christ. Is it a family member, a coworker, a neighbor, a total stranger, a close friend? I don't know. Listen, I know many of us are facing storms and challenges in our life. We've certainly been talking about that today. And if we're not careful, we're going to continue to be so self-absorbed. Let's be careful about this. Listen to me. If we're not careful, we're going to be so we're going to be so self-absorbed. And think that this lesson, not only this lesson, the storm, but also the reward and the blessings are for our benefit only. But that's not God's economy. God doesn't just put you through something so that you can be blessed. He wants to maximize your storm for others' benefit as well. He blesses us to be a blessing. He delivers us so that others might be delivered. He saves us so that others can be saved. He sees us through so that we might help others through as well. Jesus is our example. And Brother Don, you mentioned this during communion. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus faced his own storm at that crucifixion, didn't he? Remember the night before he says, Father, if you can remove this cup from me, do so. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That was a storm brewing in his, in his, in his emotions. And, in, and before he knew what was, 
what, what he was getting ready to face, to endure, he was getting ready to have to pierce through, but it wasn't for his benefit. In fact, there was no benefit to him. All the benefit was for us. For the joy set before him was on the other side of the pain, on the other side of the cross, storm, on the other side of the cross, on the other side of his work for us was reward that he could pour out on us, was blessing he could pour out on us, was forgiving and rescue and eternal life that he can provide for us. Jesus is our example. Are you willing to go through a storm today, even if it meant that you don't get one little thing out of it as far as a blessing or benefit, but it all goes to someone else? Jesus did that for you, and Jesus did that for me. And that really is where it gets interesting and fun because that's where maturity in the Lord really starts showing itself. We're the beneficiaries of the storm that he endured. And so too the storms we endure oftentimes for the benefit of others just like this man in Luke chapter 8. And again, I love the fact that Jesus and the disciples went through an awful lot just for one man, just for one person. That society would have rejected and said, you're hopeless, you're worthless, there's nothing we can do. Just let them die. Let them be. But Jesus said, nah, -uh. we're going to get in the boat, we're going to pierce through this storm. And I can just imagine maybe even that storm was, was a demonic storm because Satan knew exactly where he, Jesus was headed, you know. And this demonic man, he had a man. He had 3,000 minimum demons in him. You can't have him, Jesus. <laughs> and you know the, the, the demon says, what do you want with us? <laughs> You're out of here. And I've come to deliver this man because I love one person enough to make the journey from one side of the lake to the other and pierce through this spiritual warfare to get to where you are so that you can then make a difference in your community. So let's not look at those who are naked and bound and living amongst the dead around us in 2022 as if there's no hope for them. If Jesus did it back then, then he can do it today. I would put that man in the category of hopeless and there's absolutely no chance of him being delivered. That's the category I would put him in. And there's certainly a lot of people out there in 2022 that I would put them in that same category if I just were looking at the natural. But with Jesus, all things are possible. And he comes to bring deliverance. The storms are not only for our benefit. Yeah, he wants to bring something good in your life through it. But he also wants to benefit others as well. Would you stand with me this morning? Jesus, I'm so thankful this morning that you're with us in our storms. You're piercing through the storms with us. You're, you're not asleep and indifferent and unaware. You've already spoken the word on the front side of this storm before it ever took place. We're going to get to the other side. Thank you for that. Lord, in the midst of our storms today, whatever it is that we're facing, Lord, you know exactly what's going on in, in, in this congregation and, and in, individually, Lord God the storms that we're facing, the struggles. I thank you, Lord, that before the first little cloud appeared, before the first little gust of wind showed up, you've already spoken the word over our storm and said, 
I'm going with you through the storm and you and I are going to make it on the other side. In one piece, without the smell of smoke on us, without any permanent damage, but with a lot more faith and a lot more trust and a lot more intimate relationship with you, Jesus. The reason for those storms is that we might grow in you, but also not just get that reward and that blessing of all that, but Lord, that we might make a difference in someone's life. So Father, show us out there this week who the naked people are that need to be robed in righteousness. Those that are living in the tombs, that are living as if they're walking dead. They're just living among the dead. Lord, rescue them from the tombs. Bring them, Lord God, to their right mind. Deliver them from their, from their bondages and their oppressions and their demonic influences. Oh God, I thank you that we can use the name of Jesus and speak to those demons and speak to those bondages and speak to those situations just like you did to those demons and said, get out of here. Lord, we speak in the name of Jesus to those that are right now in bondage. Lord, there's family members that are represented here right now. And Father God, I speak right now the name of Jesus into their lives. The bondage that they're in. They're living among the dead. They're walking around naked. They're, 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 just, they're just confused and they're, they're isolated and they're, they're struggling and, and they don't know what to do. Father God, we speak your name into that situation, into their lives right now. Invade them right now wherever they are. And we speak in the name of Jesus that, that the demons must come out. That the oppression must be, uh, must be removed. The chains must fall off. Lord God, that you deliver them. Open their eyes eyes to see, their ears to hear. Let them run to you, Lord God. Let them be delivered from this, 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 this plan that Satan has for them to steal and kill and destroy. And that you, Lord God, would intervene and, and that they would have life and have it to the full and fulfill their destiny that you have for them in their lives. We speak, Lord God, the names of these loved ones, our friends, our family members, our neighbors, those that you laid on our heart right now. If you have someone right now that you're praying about, thinking about, I want you to call out their name right now to the Lord. And, and just join in in this prayer. Say, Jesus, I claim this for, and then fill in the name right there. I claim this for my loved one, my, my friend, my family member. I claim this, Lord God. I speak the name of Jesus into and over this person in the name of Jesus be delivered in the name of Jesus be whole in the name of Jesus be free in the name of Jesus be rescued in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus be saved I thank you Lord Jesus that as we're piercing through this storm and right now there may be a spiritual storm that we're facing where we're feeling discouraged and we're feeling like that there's no hope why am I praying for this person again I keep praying and I see no difference but Father we're going to pierce through right now and we're going to intercede for them right Right now and we're going to lay hold of the horns of the altar right now and we're going to pray for these people and we're not going to give up we thank you lord god that you're doing you're doing a work and you love them enough to go to all the trouble to go to the other side of the lake through all the stuff you're piercing through and us together and we're speaking your name and they're going to be delivered Father, we claim this in Jesus' name. We, we thank you, Lord God. The effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous person availeth much. Where two or more agree as touching one thing that it shall be done. Father, I agree right now with those that are praying to you in this congregation for their loved ones, for their friends, for their neighbors, for their co-workers, for those people that you've laid on their heart. I agree with them, Lord God, whoever they may be. And now your word says where two or more agree as touching anything that it shall be done. I agree with them. That makes two. Now, Lord God, you do your work where's your faith congregation where's your faith congregation Jesus is asking us again today 
Stop looking at the storms. Stop looking at the naked person that's not that that's filled with demons and, and, and hopelessly living in the tomb. Stop looking at what you see and start believing in who Jesus is. He's already spoken over that situation, over that person. He's delivering them. You've got to stand in faith, people. Don't don't give up on them. Don't 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 uh, don't function on what you see. But walk in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. God, help us to see that loved one, that friend delivered, fully clothed, free, and, and fulfilling your destiny. Help us to, Lord, we speak to that. We pray to that end. God, give us a burden. Give us a burden for souls. Jesus, you're coming back soon. I don't want any of us to stand before you. And you say, what about that person? You had every opportunity to speak into their lives. I made it. I handed them to you on a silver platter. You got off that boat and the first person you encountered was that naked man in the tombs. And you just completely ignored them. Because all you could think about was how awful the storm was. And how God just rescued you from the storm and how blessed you are because God just blessed you. God, forgive us. Forgive us for being so self-absorbed and self-centered and selfish. God, help us to be selfless and do what you did, Jesus. That we benefit others. The storms we're going through is benefiting others. The blessing is for others. The rescue is for others. The salvation is for others. God, grow us up. Grow me up. Help us, Lord God, to see that the storms we go through are for others' benefit, probably more so than ours. But we thank you for the storms. And we thank you for what's on the other side. And we thank you for the blessings, the lessons we learn, but also that we can be a blessing to others and bring deliverance to others and point others to you. Lord, whatever that looks like this week, I pray that you would help us to go from this place and think on these things. Meditate on them. And not just think on them and meditate on them. But Father, put them in our feet, in our hands, in our mouths, in our eyes, in our ears, and help us to walk it out, talk it out, do what you called us to do, to be the church. Now, Lord, we rejoice in the storms. We thank you that you're with us through them. And I pray, God, that you just strengthen us for everyone that's going through a really difficult time right now. Comfort us. You, and when you say, where's your faith? You're not scolding us. It's not an angry, hateful approach to us that you're asking. He's just saying, hey, don't forget faith. Hey, don't, don't forget this, this weapon of faith that I've got for you. Let me, let me just help you here. Let me just show you that there's a reason for this storm. And I'm with you through it all. You're not going to be damaged or harmed. I, I got this. I'm with you. We're going through it. Thank you, Lord, that you lovingly correct us and you lovingly point us towards you. And you teach us along the way. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This sounds kind of strange to say, but thank God for the storms. Really? What are we, gluttons for punishment? Thank you, God, for the storm. The Bible says to give thanks in all things, doesn't it? 
there's a reason for the storms. It's easy to rejoice and thank God for the good stuff. Hey, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. But it's really hard to say, hey, thank you for the storms. But there's blessings out of storms, too. I hope this has helped you. This is what the Lord gave me to share with you this morning. And Lord, I just give it to you and help us to walk this out.